1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. As you can hear, no woman this hour. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, guest hosting the show from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern today, as I do each Wednesday as Leslie fulfills her TV duties. Today we have a great hour lined up for you. A lot of people have been uh, wondering about Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders' health care plan as it was released Sunday night a couple hours before the debate. Uh, it was a central issue during the debate, as it has been throughout the Democratic primary. Um, and I tried to find a, a good review of the health care plan, and, and a lot of people were talking about it and releasing comments regarding what you know some politicians or people in each of uh, Sanders' and Clinton's campaigns had to say, about the health care plan, but I had a hard time honestly finding a good nonpartisan analysis of the plan or an, a- an author who wrote about one and finally i found what i thought was the best article literally on the internet i used you know or at least you could find through google uh through uh, a man named jonathan Cohn, who is a senior national correspondent at the huffington post he's a longtime writer on social wealth ca- welfare and health care and he also is the author of the 2007 book which is very um Relatable to what we're talking about now, the title is Sick, the Untold Story of America's Healthcare Crisis, and uh, the article he wrote uh, is entitled, which you can find it right on the Huffington Post's website, it's called Bernie Sanders Releases Health Plan, and it's even more ambitious than you thought. Uh, So I thought we'd get Jonathan on to uh, talk about his article, and more appropriately, Senator Sanders' healthcare plan. Jonathan, welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. So... Before I get into your article, did you know that there was not a very uh, large amount of materials available or articles available of people, you know, doing a good job analyzing his health care plan and that you had the best article out there, in my opinion?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate the flattery. There are, I have to say, in fairness to all the other people writing about this, I, I, I do feel like I read some other very good articles, but, uh, um, you know, uh, it was I, I, I happened – this is a case of being in the right place at the right time. I was literally when the plant when when burnt, when the Sanders campaign announced their plan. I was literally minutes away from posting a different article oh. which I'd spent several days writing sort oh, of summing boy. up everything about single pair that I knew. So, on the one hand, I had to scrap all that, which was kind of frustrating, but <laughs> the other hand, I had it all swimming in my head, so I was able you know i mean it was always you know just i i was literally my brain was right there, so I was, I was like, "Okay, I know what to do with this and I was able to to kind of get through the facts of it pretty quickly and able to get in touch actually with the economist who had done. Uh, the analysis that came with it to sort of say this, you know, because there's the plan, and then there's here's what the plan would do. They went to an economist to add, to, to kind of offer an, an, uh, an assessment. I was able to speak to him, so I was able to do it uh, quickly and straightforwardly. So I, I, I got a little lucky and unlucky, both in, unlucky and having a...
1: Very humble. Hybrid. We always like yeah. somebody who's good and humble, so that's a good combination. <laughs> well, getting into the plan, um, as you know, uh, Senator Sanders is calling his health plan proposal Medicare for all. Um, but specifically in your piece, you wrote that, the term medicare for all kind of underestimates the ambition of what he's proposing why why did you write that
0: right so there's really two ways i two 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 reasons i had in mind um Uh, The first is, and and, and if you're a senior on Medicare, this will make a lot of sense to you, or if you know Medicare well, this will make a lot of sense to you. So, you know, Medicare, you know, it's often people refer to these plans as Medicare for all frequently because it is the government, and the government provides Medicare to people, and now the government would be providing uh, insurance to everyone, not just seniors. So it's giving you know something like Medicare to all people, and that that's true. It's a, it's, I think it's a totally fair description. Where where that sort of understates the ambition is that the first, you know, Medicare itself. Uh, if you're on, and again, if you're on Medicare, you know this. Um, the actual basic Medicare plan is not that generous. Um, if you are on Medicare, almost everybody, ha- you know, ends up getting supplemental insurance, and that's because Medicare leaves you with a lot of copayments. A lot of out-of-pocket expenses. There are limits if you go to the hospital and so forth. And so people go and buy these, uh, medic, these, these supplemental plans, which are called Medigap plans. Um, uh, and, uh, in, in, in addition, uh, to get their drug coverage, they go through the Medicare Part D program, which is a whole separate program, which is all run by private insurance companies. So, you know, uh, this, the result is on Medicare, you, you buy these supplemental policies, and even with them, typically, you have some copayments, right? You have, you pay this much at the doctor's office, you pay a couple bucks for a prescription. Well, the Bernie Sanders plan, and, and, I, and I read this, I thought, that can't be right. I actually called them up said, is this right? And they said, yeah, this is right. Um, for all you know, there's no copayments, there's no deductibles. This is like 100% insurance, which is more generous than what people get on Medicare. It's more generous than what people, you know, if you have a plan from an employer, you know, even has even if you have like gold, what they consider people call gold-plated insurance, the best insurance you can get from a really generous company. It's not that generous. There's always you're always paying a couple bucks at the at the pharmacy or whatever. This plan has no copayments. Now there's an asterisk on that because it's for covered services, so if you get, like, cosmetic surgery and, you know, or something that the, sort of, you know, the system determines is optional, then it won't cover it, and then you're out of your own pocket, but it's very generous, and the other thing is a lot of people in Medicare now opt into, there's, you have the option in Medicare, and if you want to, instead of just using the regular Medicare plan, you can actually enroll in a private insurance plan altogether. Um, These are called Medicare Advantage plans now, and, you know, United Health offers a bunch of them, Blue Cross plans, and the basic deal is they cover everything you know, again there will still be copayments and whatever, but it's sort of one and you're you're in a private insurance plan, but you're on Medicare. Well, as best as I can tell and and here I'm gonna put a little footnote that I'm not hundred percent sure about this because there's some confusion and I'm not but as best I can tell, those plans go away also. So basically private insurance health insurance industry as we know it is gone. And it's being replaced with an entirely public insurance system that covers everything. And that's that's a lot more than Medicare.
1: So I think that's very fair to say. And I think the, the thought of no copayments and no deductibles, I mean, just from the standpoint of being an American and having that be your health insurance plan, would be incredible. Um, and I think it's, as you said, rightly so, it's a very ambitious plan. The second shoe that always drops and what everyone wants to, you know, appropriately know about is how is Senator Sanders proposing to actually pay for this plan with all this great coverage with no deductibles and no copays?
0: Right. Well, it's it's, it's a very good question. And I think a lot of people have looked at this. Uh, you know, the first reaction is he, he does list. I mean, he, he has gone to the trouble to say, I'm, here's how I'm going to pay for it. And like I said, he got an economist to sort of run some numbers to show that it works. But there's a lot of... Um, you know, to put it generously, a lot of, of very uh, optimistic assumptions built into that. Um, you know, basically, the, the, there's sort of three main sources of, uh, of funding here. So, so first of all, um, uh, there's a tax that everybody pays and everyone's employer pays. Um, and uh, it's about 2-point-something percent uh, uh, an income tax, uh, and then there's a payroll tax of about 6%. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, depending on your income tax situation, that's as much as an 8% tax you're paying. Now, that, you know, this is something that, if this ever became a serious conversation, you would hear a lot about. And you'd say, oh, my God, Bernie Sanders wants to raise taxes. In fairness to Bernie Sanders, a point he's tried to make and his right to make, um, those are taxes in lieu of private health insurance premiums, right? Because you don't have private health insurance anymore, so you're not paying for those private insurance premiums anymore. And... Uh, according to his analysis, if you kind of do the math, then most middle-class people and most poor people will come out ahead in this. That basically when you look at how much money they're going to spend on their health care between, you know, in the new system on, on these taxes, and you compare it to what they were spending before on private health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket, most people come out ahead. So there's the tax. Um, but then, you know, that's, the reason he can make those numbers add up is he also thinks this system is going to kind of save money. And it will do that primarily in two ways. Um, one is that he said, look, you know, today we spend all kinds of money, if you, you know, on billing, right, for insurance company billing, right? I mean, you know, if you've ever been to a hospital or a doctor's office, they have huge departments who do nothing but bill insurance companies. And then they argue with the insurance companies when the insurance companies say they won't you know, pay the bills. And this goes back and forth. And that's, you know, that, that waste is, is costly. So he says, "All right, we're going to save a lot of money that way." And then the other way, he says, "All right, we are going to really use the power of the government to drive down prices in the healthcare system." So we're going to go to the drug companies and say, "Look, you have to give us the same low prices that other countries get and that the Veterans Administration gets right now." Um, uh, he doesn't; he's not explicit about this, but it, it appears. I'm assuming again, it's hard to know for sure that he would sort of say to hospitals and doctors that you're going to get paid more like what Medicare pays you. And Medicare pays less than private health insurance. So basically, uh, again, I think that there's three ways. It's, it's taxes, it's saving money through cutting out waste, and it is sort of, you know, forcing prices down on the health care system. He says in this analysis that would not just pay for the new plan, but actually save us money in the long run as a country. And, you know, that's at least that's the theory. And I say that's a theory because the numbers are, you know, they're, they're, there's a whole debate about how reliable those numbers are and what it would take to achieve those numbers. But if you're sort of looking at what he's claiming, that's what he's claiming.
1: All right. After we get back from break, I want to uh, talk to you, Jonathan, about the economist from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst who did an independent of, uh, analysis of the senator's health care plan. Because as you said, there's some claims in the plan and, you know, we need someone besides Senator Sanders who's proposing the plan to give a fair analysis of it. So. After the break, we're going to talk with Jonathan about what um, this economist found. Gerald Friedman uh, is his name. And uh, what did he think of the plan? So if you'd like to join in with Jonathan and myself, if you have any comments about Senator Sanders' health care proposal or uh, our health care system in general, or we're also going to get to uh, what Secretary of State Clinton wants to do regarding her health care plan. So if you'd like to comment on any of these topics, you're more than welcome to call in at 8886 Leslie. That's eight 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 six five three seven five four three. This is Mark Romaldi. In for Leslie Marshall, and we're joined by Jonathan Cohn of the Huffington Post. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth—the Leslie Marshall Show. Eight 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 six Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romali, Leslie's executive producer, hosting for Leslie this hour each Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And I am joined for another segment by Jonathan Cohn of the Huffington Post. We're discussing Bernie Sanders' health care plan. And before uh, we went to break, I alluded to the fact I wanted to ask you about uh, Gerald Friedman, who's the economist at University of Massachusetts at Amherst, who did an independent analysis of the health care plan plan what did he have to say about the plan jonathan
0: so he basically uh he went through the plan he said all right here's what bernie sanders wants to do and then he said all right how do we know what what that will work out to you know and bernie sanders says i want to replace you know private insurance with public insurance and that's going to save
1: money on overhead well
0: how much do we know it's going to save on overhead you know and we're going to get drug prices down well how do we know how much money that's going to save and basically what he did is he pulled Uh, real-world examples, you know, and and, and I'm simplifying here, I mean, he's a real economist, does real research, there's a a science to this, Um, and that, all right, this is how much they save in other countries, this is how much, you know, physician offices say they're spending on overhead, and you know, using those numbers, he came up with a with a ballpark. These are these are very rough estimates. He would be the first to tell you. And you know, it's a campaign, so you expect this, and that's nothing wrong with that at this point. And, and you know, that's what you do at this point in, in, in the political cycle. Um, he said, "All right, you know, I, I'm looking at this, and it looks to me," he says, "like okay, we can. You know, these numbers can work out under ideal conditions, where, again, most." Middle-class people will come out ahead financially. Most poor people will come out ahead financially. Um, the rich get sucked because you know was Sanders, by design, is saying I'm going to have to tax some people a lot. I'm going to make it the wealthy who have to pay a lot. I'm going to really, I'm really going to hit them hard. And then you know there are these savings that come from the healthcare industry. Some of it from 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 savings. Some of it from cutting what you know cutting their incomes basically. And he said you do all this and you end up with uh, middle-class poor people coming out ahead. And uh, overall, our health care bill comes down. Now, I always caution people that when we say, and this is something we learned in 2008 and 2009, when you say your health bill is coming down, that doesn't always mean it's going to come down in absolute terms. It frequently means relative to what you would have spent in the world where the health care reform didn't pass. The numbers here are the sum of both. I mean, there are actually, you know, some people actually would come out, you know, if you could snap your fingers and impose the plan tomorrow, they actually would save money. But uh, overall, we're really talking about uh, reducing what we spend over time and then counting that difference as a savings, which is very real money, by the way. I mean, that's important. That's a good thing. I mean, we're, you know, when you think about the future of this country, we always hear about our fiscal problems. You know, we have deficits. Well, the issue is that in the future, we're going to lose. We're running a big deficit. So if in the future you're not spending as much and you're saving, well, that, that means it's a lower deficit, and that's, that's terrific.
1: Okay, well speaking of the deficit, uh Friedman's analysis says it would cut um healthcare spending by six trillion dollars over the next ten years and then a family with an income of fifty thousand dollars a year would end up saving about well, a little over five thousand dollars a year relative with, to what they would spend in the current healthcare system. And then if enacted, it would pay for 98% of the typical person's medical bills. I mean, the plan definitely sounds appealing, as you said, in its very early stages. But I think the other question is, obviously, in our current system, what are the chances this has of going anywhere? And many people call it dead on arrival, like like Larry Levitt. Um, right. I think because, like you said, you'd be getting rid of our entire for-profit health care system. Then again, right. Sanders had said, if you're electing me, you know, I'm not going to get anything done unless we have a political revolution and change the Congress and the Senate. So this doesn't necessarily go against the grain of anything else he's proposing.
0: Right, right. I mean, you know, I've had very mixed feelings about this. Um, so so if, when you think about these figures, when you think about these numbers, you know, people you know, saving this much money and the country, you know, the deficit coming down and all that, you know, remember that there's sort of three assumptions baked into that. So the, the, the first one is that this could pass. Okay, that this could get through the Congress, which I think anybody—I mean, even if you imagine Bernie Sanders getting elected, which I don't think is out of the question—but you know, uh, you know, uh, I think any Democrat running, and Bernie Sanders is not that—you know—he has a reputation for being radical. He's not actually that radical. Whether he could be made to look that radical is another question. But um, you know, imagine Bernie Sanders getting elected, getting this through Congress is almost unthinkable, and, and you just have to look at, the, at, the, at, the, at what it took to pass the Affordable Care Act. There's so much power to these special interests, and there are, you know, there's so much uh, uh, ambivalence about government, and you, you know, you are, you know, for better or for worse, you are taking away the insurance that people have and replacing it with something else, and I could sit here all day, talk myself blue in the face, Bernie Sanders could say, you're going to get a better deal out of this, but people will demagogue it as saying, oh, you're taking away my insurance. So you have that. Um, you have the fact that if somehow you want to imagine this going through the Congress, the only way it gets through is that each of these, but spe- you have to buy off the special interest basically, which is what happened with the Affordable Care Act. And the drug industry is not going to stand down, or at least you're not going to be able to overcome them, unless you soften the blow. Same for the doctors, same for the hospitals. You got to do, I, 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 don't, you know, I guess you can imagine a world where we will the private health insurance industry out of business. I kind of doubt you could. So they're going to take a, a pound of flesh. And by the time you get on the other side of this, this plan, the numbers look very different, because all those savings that Professor Friedman saw aren't there anymore because they had to really claw back what they were proposing. And then if you get to that place, and you get to the place, where you actually pass, and it looks even remotely like what Bernie Sanders proposed. Now you have the fact that, actually, when you kind of dig into these single-payer systems abroad, um, it is absolutely true. They do some. They, 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 they work really well in a lot of other countries. And Jonathan, you know, unfortunately, I, I hate book... to
1: cut you off, but we are out of time, but I encourage okay. people to check out more of your work, uh, which they can go to Twitter, at Citizen Cohn, which is C-O-H-N. This has been Jonathan Cohn, senior national correspondent at the Huffington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, again, a great article on this health care plan. If you're looking to find it, just go to HuffingtonPost.com. We'll be right back after this break.